and good Friday morning, Mike Broomhead. Happy Friday, Jamie. I love to hear you say it. So I hope oh. you had a good weekend plan. Uh, you know what? We're having a yard sale. Oh, good. I'm having a yard sale over at my friend's house. I used to. So I took a lot of junk over there. I used to mock them all the time because it was just like, you're going to sell somebody all your junk. And then when I was married, my ex-wife had a yard sale and made like 400 bucks. I quit mocking them. <laughs> well, you know, we moved. And as we were moving, we started sorting stuff. And yeah. we had it all boxed up. And now we're just going to get rid yeah, of it. Good for you. Good for you. Well, have a good weekend, Jamie. Good for, you good, too. Good Friday morning, everyone. Uh, we are going to talk uh, about the economy starting today. A lot of economy on the show today. Um, 8.35, we are going to speak with Alma Hernandez. She is a legislator from Tucson District 3, and she is a Democrat that disagrees with the governor and the tamale bill. It looks like it may be overridden. There may be enough votes to override that. We'll talk about that at 8.30. At 9.05, we talked to someone from the Phoenix Chamber about growth in industries such as construction by a diversity push and trying to get more women into the construction workforce and how that's going. And then at 10.30, we have got Jay Timmons and Danny Seiden on to talk about an event, uh, Compete to Win in Manufacturing. So it's going to be a big day of economy on the show, so we'll start there. As fuel prices go over $5 per gallon here in Arizona, um, we are very high nationally. Um, it is costing people and pricing them out. But, but a couple of other things that are happening... <laughs> It's all right. It's Jessica. It's Friday. It's always forgiven. Always forgiven. <laughs> I thought it was time to close the show. I thought, man, that was the fastest segment of the show in history. Um, uh, so anyway, we were talking about housing earlier, or at least I was with someone. There's some interesting statistics. I'm going to get to the gas thing because I think what that's doing is it's pricing people every day out of their normal lifestyle. But I want you to hear a couple of things. I talk about policy. I use that word. I use a couple of words, intentional as an in intentional growth and policy, because I think a lot of times prices change and things change and fluctuate with policy. We're going to get into specifics about the global warming climate change agenda from the administration. But specifically here, home sales fell in March amid volatility and mortgage rates. But how about this? <clears throat> this is the kind of meddling and ideology that I disagree with. Now, you may agree with this, but I will tell you that when you see home sales are falling, people are concerned about interest rates, but people are more concerned about the uh, the volatility of the market. You want to, if you're going to make, and it is for most people, the biggest purchase, the most major purchase they make in their lifetime is the purchase of a home. It's the American dream. And you want to buy at the right time. You want to pay as little as you can for the home at a time where it's about to turn the corner and go up in value. Now, you're not talking about getting filthy rich on it, but you want to buy at the right time. And if people are concerned about the housing market and they're thinking, if we buy this place now and something bad happens, could take years to recover that money. So <clears throat> that's where people are concerned. Here's a headline. Uh, home buyers with good credit scores will soon encounter a costly surprise. A new federal rule that is called the Loan Level Price Adjustment, the LLPA. I'm going to lay it out for you basically. If you have a credit score over 680, you're going to pay more, about 40 bucks more on a $400,000 mortgage, um, in order to help those out that have low credit scores trying to buy a home. There are going to be fees attached if you put down a larger down payment. So I want you to understand these are the things that we talk about that are kind of not I shouldn't say absolutes. They're ideologies, which is we tax the things we want less of. We um, <clears throat> incentivize 
the things we want more of. So here is another example where you and I'm not there are people out there that are struggling and I want to see everybody get into the housing market. I would love to see hardworking people afford the American dream. But what this is going to do is take people that have worked hard. Um, and I've told my story basically on the air a number of times when things went south for me in my business. I was severely in debt. My credit score took a huge hit. Mine and my ex-wife's. Um, and uh, we took a huge hit. And we did everything we could. We paid our bills. We made minimum payments on some things. And we worked very hard. And then even after we got divorced, I worked very hard on making sure that I paid my bills on time. It took me years to pay off some of that debt. But I was very diligent in doing it. I pay very close attention to my credit score. I monitor my credit. I want to make sure. And I say now paying my bills is a privilege. I'm in a position now where I've recovered from that. But I don't want to go back there. So I pay my bills on time. Some bills I pay early because I'm in a position where I can, but I've been in a position where I couldn't. But what do you say to the people that have worked hard like I have? Or a young family that is saying, we are making sacrifices. We're not going on vacations. We're doing all of those things, brown bag lunches to work, carpooling, whatever it is, to save every penny we can to put a down payment on the American dream. And then you find out from the administration that what they're going to do is they're going to get charge you more money to help the people with low credit scores and no down payment. Does that sound like an America you want to live in? And it doesn't to me. If you know, I've, I've been in both positions and I've worked very hard to get to where I am. And you should reap the benefits of success. We are, once again, this is an ideology that punishes success. People on the other side would say, well, you shouldn't look at it that way. That's the only way a successful person can look at it. Because I didn't get here by magic. It was intentional. It was intentional to get to where I was. I am someone who by nature, and I've been pretty transparent about this, by nature, I am terrible with money. I don't save well. I don't plan well. I am, if I've got 100 bucks in my pocket, I'm going to spend all 100. If I've got 10, I'm going to spend 10. I mean, that's just how, that's by nature who I am and who I've always been. It was really difficult for me to learn some self-discipline. And I'm still not very self-disciplined, but I'm much better than I was. And I've listened to people like Ramsey and others and people that have followed that plan. And I thought, you know, I'm, I'm older now and I'm smarter now. And I started a few years ago, but I said, you know, I'd time for me to turn the corner and not act like a kid anymore. Now, I realize that there are people out there that are doing the right thing like I did and still not getting ahead. But you can't punish people for success. You can't punish people for discipline. So this is something that I think is going to become a big issue once it becomes a much bigger story. Um, so the new fees will apply only to Americans buying houses or refinancing after May 1st. Lenders and real estate agents say changes will frustrate home buyers. Um, one of the thing is uh, you uh, home buyers who make down payments of 15 to 20 percent will get socked with the largest fees. In other words, if you are someone that is financially stable, you are going to pay more. So that people that are not financially stable, let's go back to the idea for a moment 
of what happened in 2007, 2008, when they were making it the government, our government, this was under the Bush administration, making it easier for families to buy homes. Do you remember at a time when they allowed a stated income mortgage? And that was to allow people to qualify for homes that maybe shouldn't or wouldn't. And there was a huge bubble in the real estate market that busted, and it really wrecked our economy for quite a while. The intention was great. We were going to make affordable homes for people. And a stated income loan meant you didn't have to prove how much money you made. If you had a mortgage, if you had a lender or an agent that said to you, um, in order to qualify for this home with your debt to income ratio, you're going to have to make $193,000 a year. And magically, you put down an estate and income loan that you make $195,000 a year. It, it, you didn't have to prove it. That's why it was called a stated income loan. Now, I'm oversimplifying, but that was the basics. And there were a lot of people that were not in a position, and I'm not calling them irresponsible, but they were not in a good position to buy homes that were getting homes, and then the floor fell out. And so now we have a situation where people have good credit. At a time when home sales are stagnant at best around the country, Arizona may be an anomaly, but we are seeing home sales 20, I think 20%, 22% down year over year. You've got people nervous about the market, and now the people that can afford them are going to pay a premium and pay extra, A, for their good credit, and B, for their big down payment. Does anybody believe that that's fairness? That is not fair. Punishing success, punishing doing the right thing, punishing self-discipline is never a good idea. And that's exactly what's happening. And and I understand I am uh, – again, I've been in a position of not having a lot of money and feeling like you're never going to get ahead. But you can't punish the people that did the right thing because you aren't getting ahead. This is punishing success. You want people to understand your situation, but you have to understand theirs. I didn't magically get to where I am, and I've got a long way to go. Let me be very clear. I am nowhere near where I need to be or should be at my age, but I've worked very hard to get here. And I just think people need to remember that. Coming up in a moment, we speak with Representative Alma Hernandez from District 3 in the state legislature. She is a Democrat that has been very vocal in her disagreement about what's being called the tamale bill. We're going to ask her why that is and if she's had a conversation with the governor's office. All that's coming up here in just a couple of moments. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show. KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks so much for being here. Uh, There's been a lot made of the uh, vetoes by the governor and the number of vetoes, but a couple of them have gotten more attention. One of them is is, uh, House Bill 2509, affectionately known as the Tamale Bill. Uh, And a Democrat representative, Alma Hernandez, uh, sent out on social media as a public health professional. I am very disappointed to see that a bipartisan bill allowing Arizona to make an honest living by selling things like tamales, tortillas, and sweets legally was vetoed by Governor Katie Hobbs. And it went on from there. Joining us right now is Representative Hernandez. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. Um, A couple of questions. Let's start with why did you choose to be public about this, um, about this specific issue? Yeah, of course. I I think not only just for me, but for many of other elected officials in in Arizona, we feel that 
this was the wrong veto. <laughs> um, this this could have been an opportunity for us to show the community that we stand with them and that we support them. And this was the wrong message to send, especially to my community. I represent a very uh, diverse in income, but very uh, heavily Hispanic and Native community and people in my community do this to get by and i feel that it's my duty not 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 just because i'm a democrat means that i have to just agree with everything it's my job as an elected official representing this district to speak up and and to ask questions and especially when i disagree i i was sent here by the voters for my from my district to speak up for them and that's what i'm doing so i i'm public about it because it's very personal i'm also public about it because i know that the people in my community depend on this type of work to to get by and I think it's admirable. I, I am someone that agrees with you completely calling out my party. I'm on the opposite side of the aisle as a Republican, but I think it's it's best when you are the one doing it with your own party. It makes you it shows your intellectual honesty. But does it had do you believe it's going to put you in any kind of a bad position with the governor's office with future legislation? You know, I, I would hope not. However, at the end of the day, I've been very upfront and honest with everyone. And I've said that regardless of the political ramifications from this, I don't care. You know, the people in my district are the ones who vote for me. And if, I will tell you, I've been receiving emails since yesterday morning when all of this went public from people in my district who are neighbors, who are people that have voted for me, thanking me. And that's all that I care about. I don't care what anybody else says. I... Again, I'm doing what I need to do for my district and for my community, and I will continue to do so. And no amount of pressure, no amount of calls is going to change my position on this. I've been very clear for those people that have followed me for the last five years that I've been in office know that when I work on something and when I say something, I will never, unless I'm wrong and and I know that I messed up, I will always acknowledge that I did wrong and apologize and move forward from it. But right here, I don't believe I'm in the wrong. And if this is going to affect, you know, minimize me as a Democrat and, and which I, I hope not, um, I, I quite honestly just do not care. District 3 Representative Alma Hernandez is joining us. Uh, We're talking about the Tamale Bill or or House Bill 2509. And this bill would have allowed people to make homemade food and be able to sell it. And we've all seen these people in their vehicles or sometimes they're in our neighborhoods where they've made food, they've prepared food, the people want to buy them. What's interesting about this, and I told this story yesterday, is I worked in my previous profession as an electrician. I worked on a job site with a man named Tony, great electrician. Both him and his wife were from Mexico. And once a week or so, he would say, hey, my wife is going to make tortillas and he would take orders from everybody on the job site. And it was a win for everyone because I was not a very good cook and his wife was an amazing cook and it made them a little extra money and we were able to eat delicious food and it seemed like a win-win and this kind of takes that away. So I I want to obviously point out the fact that, as you said, this is already being done, right? I'm hearing from people that are like, well, it's already being done. How would this even change that or why does this matter? It definitely does, because as you said, he would take orders from all of you, and I'm sure he did this because he knew you all, um, and they're trying to make an extra income, and it's an honest living. So by him going to you directly and taking orders, that's great. Um, and he, I, I am sure he will likely continue to do so. However, in the state of Arizona, if, if prosecuted, it's a $500 fine. <laughs> so people who are selling things like tortillas that are a few bucks, you really think they have an extra $500 sitting around to pay a fine for selling this without a permit. Like, that, that's just not reasonable. Also, if, if prosecuted, it's up to 30 days in jail over selling 
things like tortillas, salsas. And if you go to the Department of Health website, it lists there all of the items that cannot be sold. Essentially, everything from my community and my culture cannot be sold. Yeah. <laughs> um, anything that is like filled with custard, I mean, depending on the ingredients. And people keep saying, you know, as a public health professional, you should understand. Well, well, as a public health professional, I literally went to, I went to the University of Arizona, got my undergrad in, in public health, got my master's in public health, did a further training at John Hopkins in epidemiology and biostats. So I understand communicable, communicable diseases. I understand what can happen, right? However, the food, the slight uptake in foodborne illnesses, it, it, the, the fact of us being able to improve our social determinants of health outweigh that. So I don't care what anyone says about, and also the, the Public Health Association is with me on this. The Arizona Public Health Association completely agrees. They've been public. They went public yesterday. I want to know if those that are opposing it, and I would love to know why um, it makes sense to them to oppose something that's going to help the community. Do you believe that there are enough votes for the override, and do you think a veto override will happen? I will say I am very comfortable right now in the spot that I'm in, and I and I believe so. Yes, I I believe there are many people who are calling. I have first. I want to say I haven't called any members to ask them directly. Um, it's I always tell people it's not my job to whip votes. It's not my job to tell people how to vote. Everyone is entitled to their own opinion, and everyone's able to do as they wish. My sister also serves in the legislature with me. I didn't ask her. She told me how she was voting. And I've had other members call me directly and tell me how they're voting. And I appreciate them. I know that they're not public on this yet. However, I guarantee you, once it is put on the board, I will. we will have enough votes to override the veto. Representative Hernandez, I appreciate the time this morning. And I hope you'll come back when there's another topic we can talk about. Of course. Thank you for having me. All right. Thank you. That is uh, Representative Alma Hernandez from District 3. Coming up in a moment, it's Gatos and the Big Q poll question of the day. The Gatos Big Q Poll Question, brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. Hey, happy Friday, Gatos. Happy Friday, man. How's it going? Good, good. How about with you? Well, the Suns won. That was good. Yep. The uh, the Cardinals came out with their new uniforms. It looks like the ones they wore last year. <laughs> I can't tell them apart. I don't know what the big change was. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, I got a good question for you. Okay. Uh, I'm going to the store. Would you um, you want me to pick you up some uh, some legal pot or chocolate? Which one would you choose? Me, I would choose chocolate. I would choose chocolate too. But uh, we did this on the show yesterday. We actually asked people to call in pot or chocolate, and here's why. This is the cue. Uh, Americans spent. $30 billion on legal marijuana compared to $20 billion on chocolate in 2022. Yep. So, you know, our here's listeners... The, uh, here's the weird thing all, about that. That $20 yes. billion in pot led to about $5 billion of the chocolate sales. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you always hear like, uh, oh, wh- where should I set up my, my Girl Scouts table? Yeah. How about right outside, uh, you right know, where you go and get legalized... <laughs> Right outside. <laughs> you'll make a fortune. You'll sell out in a minute. So you are uh, a marketing. I, you're a marketing genius. <laughs> the question I ask: If it's thirty billion for legal marijuana, twenty billion for chocolate, 
Uh, how, I ask, have you ever bought legal marijuana in Arizona? Yes or no? I'm just kind of curious, but uh, I I haven't. I've never smoked pot. Neither. Had an edible. Uh, if you if people want to do that, it's it's up to them. It doesn't matter to me. I just I don't know, man. I I've never been high. I don't want to feel that way. Yeah, it's not it, my it thing. Scares me. I have a no. drink. I like to have a couple of drinks, but I, I've never me used too. any. I've never used any drug. A lot of my friends no. did grown up. They all experimented with a lot of stuff. I just never did. And it's funny we have that in common. But I'm one of the people that hung out with a rough crowd. I just never mm. took. I especially smoking. I never wanted yeah. to suck it into my lungs. You know. No. 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 I've never done it, but right now, 68% say they've not bought yeah. legal marijuana in Arizona. So, Well, good question, man, and have a good weekend. Hey, have a good weekend. Thanks, Gatos. The Big Q Poll question today brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. Very compelling. Coming up just after 9 o'clock, we talk, about, we talk with the Phoenix Chamber.